0: Join me on March 14th as I'm joined by Condé Traveler's senior editor, Megan Spirell, to share a behind-the-scenes peek into the making of our Women Who Travel power list. But there's so much more waiting for you in the full article, from film directors to war journalists... To wildlife ecologists, these women are reshaping the travel landscape and leaving a lasting impact on the world. Tune in to hear why Megan and myself are so excited about the 15 women we've chosen to highlight. Subscribe to cntraveler.com today to access the complete list and be inspired by their incredible journeys. And for a limited time, our listeners can unlock everything Traveller has to offer for just $5. Simply use code POD5, that's P-O-D-5, at checkout to access exclusive travel insights, breathtaking destinations, and invaluable tips to fuel your adventure spirit. All for just $5. And remember, every adventure starts with just one step. Join us in celebrating the power of women in travel. Visit cntraveler.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too.
1: Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May
0: 2022. Potential savings will vary.
2: A lot of people spend a lot of money on things like skincare, fast fashion, and even surgery, all in the name of self-improvement. But as the price of perfection rises, when is it time to call it quits? I'm Rima Jerez, host of This Is Uncomfortable, a podcast from Marketplace. This season, we dig deep into the financial trappings of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. Hey! Hey everyone, and welcome to Women Who Travel, a podcast from Connie Nas Traveler. My name is Meredith Carey, and with me, as always, is my co host, Laleh Arakoglu. Hello. And today we are joined by two of our Women Who Travel group slash just everything champions, uh, our community editor, Megan Sparrell. Hi. And we're joined over Skype by Catalina Mayorga, the founder of El Camino Travel, a company that Connie Nast Traveler has partnered with to launch our very own Women Who Travel Trips for self-identifying women. Our first one is going to Colombia very soon, and it launches on February 9th, which is very, very exciting. But we wanted to talk just in, in our circles, we've been talking so much about the benefits of group trips and organized group trips, specifically all women group trips. And so in this episode, we just wanted to kind of kick off by asking Megan, and I'll ask you Lale, too, and because I know you've been on one before, and, and Catalina, just generally, what are the pros that you see to going on a organized group trip, all female or otherwise? Megan, do you
3: want to Well, start? yeah. Before we decided to do this partnership, I went on an El Camino trip in September, which was my first group travel experience, like multi-day um, trip to another country, group travel experience. And I was nervous. I feel like I talked about it before, too. I just, I feel like I'm social, but also sometimes can be very antisocial. I need alone time. I don't know, I just I was a little worried about being around a bunch of people I'd never met before all day every day for days at a time. I definitely left like with my opinions completely changed. I think I met really cool people who like some of whom I've already texted today and it's like <laughs> what 5 months later, 6 months later. Um so I think yeah, I was I was nervous about the group dynamic of people you don't know and I think while I was there I met people who wanted to go on a trip and none of their friends did. And they were like, well, I'm booking something. Or, you know, I met some friends who were together. And I I think I just kind of got a better understanding of why people would do group travel. And I definitely left being like, wow, I got to do so many things I couldn't have done without a group. And I actually liked everyone I met.
4: Yeah, I mean, I have done one all women group trip, which is also my only group trip, organized group trip I've ever taken. And I have to admit that if it hadn't been for an assignment for work, I don't think I'd have ever signed up for it myself because I had decided in my mind that I had a real aversion to group trips. And I think that's more to do with the fact that I hate like organized fun and sort of group activities (laughs) in a wider sense. Um, And it really had nothing to do with traveling with all women. I love the company of women. I travel with my girlfriends a lot. I've been on lots of trips with girlfriends where there haven't been any men so it wasn't that that made me apprehensive and I was so pleasantly surprised you know I think one thing I did struggle with was not having enough time to myself but that was mostly down to the structure of the trip because it was a hiking trip and it was very outdoorsy based and it meant that from 8am in the morning till 9pm in the evening we were all together which is a lot of time to spend with anyone even your best friend And I, you know, I formed friendships with women that I like would have never have met in any other context who were very different ages from me, from very different parts of the country. It was fascinating. It was amazing. I think I learned a lot. I think I did things that I would not have done or I would have been more apprehensive to do, like going to the onsen in Japan (laughs) and stripping off naked in front of strangers for the first time in my life. Definitely the first time that it wasn't a man, which is interesting. A <laughs> man um, on a work trip. Was a, <laughs> I was not briefed very well before I went on this trip, I have to say. Um, oh, I loved it. I would totally do it again
2: now. Well, and Catalina, just, you know, from the logistics side, because your entire business is planning these group trips for people who are either going with their friends or going on their own to mm-hmm. get somewhere. What? benefits do you see just from the logistical side?
1: Well, I think there's a ton of benefits. To be completely transparent, even before starting El Camino, I was very, very hesitant about group travel. But one of the things that, or one of the added benefits with our trips is that we have a photographer on most of our trips documenting the whole experience, which is really, it's a luxury good or a luxury kind of type service accessible or more accessible, we had to really look at group trips. And so that was very, very important to us when we started the business. And I'm a huge fan of group trips now and small group travel. I think when I started the business, there was this idea of group trips where it's, you know, big bus, huge crowd, you get off, you're following someone around with a flag. And I think that's why so many people have aversions to group trips, but you can really truly have a special experience. Um, especially if you're a solo female traveler with group trips and allowing you to fully experience a destination. I have, I have also solo female travel to various destinations. I backpacked on my own through South America for six months and as empowering and amazing of experience as it was, I did find myself in sticky situations. And you kind of always have that little bit of an anxiety or anxiousness of, oof, am I okay? Is this safe? Is this person talking to me for this reason or that reason? And group trips allow you to fully immerse yourself in a destination, kind of take away that concern, and as well as you you get to go out at night. You even get to go out at night and experience the destination as a solo female traveler. Sometimes it's hard to do those things. So um, one of the most telling stories about um, small group trips, especially as a solo female traveler, was I was on a trip to Colombia and there was a woman on the trip and she said, "You know, I'm thinking of going on your Trinidad and Tobago trip." And I was and I was really interested in un- understanding why she wanted to because. I knew she had already visited Trinidad and Tobago. I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Why are you thinking of going with us? And she was like, well, when I went there, I I was alone. And I know it's an incredible country. I, I did have a great time, but I know I didn't fully get to experience the destination because... I was by myself and I couldn't do certain things. And so I know if I go back with you guys, I can fully immerse myself in the destination and have the full experience. So I think that is one of the biggest benefits of group travel as a solo female traveler. But also I do think with group trips, and one thing we we do is we create a lot of experiences that would be hard to get on your own by yourself, or would just be way too expensive. And when you have 13, 14, 15 people, you're able to create super unique experiences. It just makes it more economically feasible and not have it be seen as solely a luxury experience.
2: Well, and I would think that just, I mean, in the trip that you've talked about a lot on this podcast, your hiking trip to Japan, Mm -hmm. Lale. I mean, hiking that trail alone would have not been the worst thing, but it also would have been a lot harder on you as someone who isn't Most outdoorsy. What are you you saying? (laughs)
4: Um, To plan or execute or even just like walk on your own. Oh, totally. I mean, I did run into quite a few women on that trail who were hiking alone, um, who were both from Japan and elsewhere. There was an American woman that we kept running into it sort of every night at every different Ryokan we stayed at. But I think to Catalina's point, what made it so interesting to do it in a group was that everyone there apart from one couple was a solo traveler. And they had signed up for this either because they weren't particularly outdoorsy and they had, like, no idea how to actually plan a hiking trip. Like, for example, for me, never even occurred to me that I should, like, pack snacks. Like stuff like, <laughs> I, I'd die on my The first own. thing I would think of. <laughs> I because i am no, like, just be able to buy some, right? <laughs> <laughs> Along um, the way. Yeah, rest up. In that, like sort of 7,000-year-old tea house. That was there. <laughs> um, but also it was because by doing it with this group, you know, you could offer, you could be hiking by yourself and not talking to anyone if you wanted to, um, but you had the sort of camaraderie and support of people when you wanted them, and you also had these sort of experiences that would have been really, really, really hard to arrange yourself, whether it was, you know, we went for... Um, like a sushi making class in some tiny tiny little town that like you never would have been able to find on a map mm. um, And just spent the afternoon learning how to do that and it was so much fun. It was incredible um, We went down when we finished the hike we went down to the coast and met these female free divers um, who cooked us lunch stuff like that that kind of I think really gave us like an insight into actually like a part of that country that as tourists we wouldn't have necessarily gone to in the first place like when you go to japan for the first time you're not necessarily going to go to rural japan you're going to go to tokyo and kyoto and all tick take off all the big hitters it was like you have the independence of a solo traveler with the camaraderie and organization of a group trip
3: well and i think catalina that's something you've mentioned before like as we've planned these women who travel trips together, like it's a mm-hmm. collaborative effort we've worked on and we've tried and give like our traveler take on everything. And like hotels, even as a group, there are group rates embedded to the cost of a trip and you can stay in a much nicer hotel. Like you can, like on some of our trips, I know we priced it out as if you had just paid for the nights in the hotel and the airfare, it would cost the same as the entire trip we've planned because like you're able to get group rates and and that goes for the experiences in the hotels and everything and it's kind of like there's just such strength in numbers and and you get more exclusive experiences because you can rent out an entire small boutique hotel or restaurant or whatever and i think that's really special and you kind of i think people don't always think about that till you're in the moment and you're you know in a small japanese town making sushi or you know in some of the different experiences in our columbia trip just like you realize that you could never do it alone and it becomes a lot more affordable as well.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I think that you know when you're planning a trip, it's a big ticket item. It's a big budget item. And things do add up over time. But also what adds up is the amount of research you're doing. And I don't know how many times... I've planned a trip or I've heard others plan a trip where they spend hours and hours of research and they're still not sure if they're getting stuck in tourist traps. And how can they trust username X on TripAdvisor to really understand their style of travel and really know if their review would make sense for them and their trip? And so part of it, too, when you really go with a company that you believe in and you feel gets your style of travel is they're a destination expert and you take advantage of that. Like they've done all the research. They stay up to date. They know everything happening in country. They've built extensive networks to find these small, um, this really interesting sushi chef in a small town in Japan. So they've cut out all those hours of research for you and take you straight to the heart of a destination. And that's really hard to do on your own. And it, it it's really an, a great opportunity to take advantage of that knowledge and just be able to, more than anything, just show up and have a good time. That's part of it as well as someone's planning this for you. You just have to pack your bag, get on a plane, land, and just get ready to have a good time. And that, for me, I think is one of the best things that about group travel. And Even when I'm planning out um, trips on my own, Um, so my husband and I were looking to plan a trip to Egypt actually right now, and I think I told you this, Megan, and we've been spending hours in research, and I was like, you know what, I just, I cannot do this anymore. I need to like just go with someone who knows the destination, plan it for me, and know I'm going to have a good time, and it just takes off so much stress, especially when Everything takes so much time and so much research now. You can just show up and have a good time. It's it's really a relief. Well, then it makes this sort
4: of group trip different from one that you would organize with your friends. Because if you're with your friends, there is always that inevitable moment oh where God. you start screaming at each other in the middle <laughs> of an Airbnb or a restaurant, or some subway station somewhere, because none of you can agree on what you're going to do next. And some people want to do one thing, other people want to do another. Some people just want to go back to the hotel room and sleep. And it is just that is why I always have had, I think, an aversion to big group trips. Mm-hmm. But if you're on a trip like, um, you know, one that Catalina is talking about, that decision making is ostensibly taken away from you. In a way that there is someone who knows better and knows everything, and you have already signed up for their expertise, and you can put your trust in them. And also, if there is something that you don't want to do, you can opt out, and no one's going to get mad at you because you've
3: uh-huh. you've paid your money to go on this trip. Yeah, it's well, and I think like what you're talking about that dynamic with whether it's family or friends or a bachelorette party or whatever it is, like that dynamic of whatever, like everyone wanted to do different things. And even like that starts when you're planning the trip, it's like, okay, where are we staying? How long are we staying for? Then it's, you know, some people want the more expensive Airbnb. Other people want the one that's further out and quieter. And it like, it just goes through every layer of the experience. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's worth it, but it's there. Like there are easier ways. And I feel like every time I plan a group trip on my own, I come out being like, okay, like I could never have envisioned all the different like pain points we would have had on during that.
4: And also, you don't necessarily have to sign up for an all-women's group trip as a solo female traveler. You can sign up and go with a few of your friends.
3: Well, when I was on that El Camino trip in September, that was what I found so interesting. There was like a group of six friends or so that were all there together. But it was really cool because they were friends who were now living in different cities and had different lives. So they kind of still like mixed with everyone else. But then there were people who were, there was like two coworkers were there together, which I thought was really interesting, but it was a group trip. So it wasn't like, you know, they were going off on their own somewhere. They were just going, like jumping on a group that was already going to Columbia. And I think I was there alone, but it was just interesting to see how everyone comes in different size, like groups or not to group travel trips.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the best parts of travel is meeting new people, whether it's other travelers on, on the road or, locals and um so we are social creatures we like to connect we like to talk to people and group travel is no different you are meeting really interesting people that Lolly, as you said you might not meet otherwise people from all different types of backgrounds and one of the things I love the most is seeing how people that are all very different people how they experience something in a country or how they see something or how they interpret something and getting their opinion and thoughts. They help me see a certain situation or something I learned differently and that enriches my own travel experience. And so I think that is one of the biggest benefits that is not discussed is just getting a diversity of opinions and thoughts when you're actually traveling to enrich your overall travel experience.
4: And Catalina, you um, have led trips that are both all-women and co-ed. Um, yes. How have you seen the dynamic change between those different groups?
1: I think, you know, it, it is different. It definitely is different. Um, I do think, you know, El Camino does attract a certain type of traveler, whether you're on a co-ed trip or an all-woman trip, and it's going to be a traveler that's experiential, immersive, and adventurous. So, you're going to have a great time. You're going to be able to meet people from all different walks of life. But for example, we did have a creative retreat in the Colombian jungle about a year ago that happened to be all women. It wasn't just for all women, but all women did sign up. And a lot of the women on the trip were entrepreneurs. And so, there was just much more of an openness on that trip, much more of a uh, an honest discussion about certain hurdles um, different women were facing in their life and an ability to really rally around each other and cheer each other on and also just give each other advice that is really personal and um, much more from kind of that female experience and perspective because the reality is that we do face different hurdles than men and so I think that is it's that is really something that you feel on all women trips. Well,
2: and I think that when we posed a question to the group just to check in on on who had been on an all women group trip in the past, uh, Morgan G shared something that was really sweet and kind of goes along the lines of what you were saying, which was that she didn't know anyone when she signed up on this all women's trip to Iceland and she clicked with so many of the women and they had such a fun time together. And she said that they really motivated each other on this trip. And there were 18 women who did the Iceland trip. And nine of those same women are now going and taking a trip to Peru together. And I think that, again, that camaraderie and support, one, that you all have some level of connection based on those hurdles and and differences that you were talking about, uh, Catalina. I think that that creates like a perfect storm for being Mm -hmm. able to connect on a deeper level with each other.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, and again, travel is about that. It's making deeper connections. And the more open and vulnerable you are, the more opportunity there is to create those deeper connections. And, you know, one thing I say with El Camino is that we're trying to really create empathy through travel and empathy doesn't have to be a sad thing or it doesn't have to be a sad thing. It can be, you can empathize and get excited for someone's passion, their drive, um, their success. And I think that is really what you feel on these all women trips. Um, And it's this ability to really, as Maureen said, to, to cheer each other on and connect. And one really simple side story is that we've had similar situations where people meet on trips and then they go on other trips together two people had met on a trip to Colombia and then they were going on a trip to, oh no, they had been on a trip to Nicaragua and then they were going on a trip to Colombia together. And even though they met on the Nicaragua trip, they actually said, hey, you know, we're going on this trip together, but we actually wanna be in different rooms. So we have the opportunity to meet new roommates because that's something that we loved from the trip. So um, I thought that was really cool. And, And there is just this openness to meet new people. Also, a lot of the women on our trip, what we hear from them over and over again is like, you know, I was trying to, I was waiting for my friends to sign up or I was waiting for my friends to organize this trip to Colombia, or, you know, I was trying to get my husband to go and the people just would not commit. And so I just decided I'm going to do this on my own. And I signed up for your trip because I knew that I could go on this trip not have to worry about anyone else, but I'd still be with a really fun group of people. And so I think that also is really something interesting as well. So, um,
4: I mean, I think we've started to answer this question already, but um, one criticism our podcast has had in the review section, I will not name (laughs) names, is a couple of people have expressed confusion as to why, a podcast that only has female guests on that is hosted by two women serves a purpose. And the same thing could be said for an all-women's group trip or an all-women's Facebook group. What purpose does it serve for women? Like, why do you think we need it? And why is it important?
3: I would... Not to be judgmental. (laughs) um, But I feel like those might be the same people who criticize affirmative action and don't see how historically, like, they've always had spaces where they can go be amongst people who identify with the same sex as them and talk about things they don't talk about in other places or just feel level of ease. It's like that one extra degree of like really relaxing and feeling like you're in your element. And men Mm -hmm. have always had that. And I think now women are getting them and we have the wing and we have all female trips. There's such a trend of trips that are just women. Like, you know, we're doing it and so is, so are a ton of other companies. And I think it's it's just because we haven't had that space before, and now we're getting it. And it's, I don't know, I strong reactions to that, yeah. even though it's it's fair for people to say it. Well, and I think Meredith, you may, you know, we were talking
4: about this earlier, and Meredith, you made a really good point that you know, if you're a trans woman, you may not feel safe in certain places in the world, and a a trip or a space for all self-identifying women will make you feel more safe within that in the world.
2: I think that so much of what these groups provide is is just like that group that safety and numbers that confidence that comes with being in a group and and I would just say you don't have to go with a group if you don't want to it's totally your prerogative if you want to do only co-ed groups if you want to never travel as a group that that's totally fine but I think there are so many women that, benefit from being able to choose to go on these groups and have so many options to go on our trips, to go and, you know, learn how to rock climb on an REI adventures trip with a female guide. I think that there are so many opportunities now and I I think that providing more women's specific opportunities just widens the pool of choices. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Well and I think also, Meredith, to your point about going on an all-women's adventure trip and having a female guide teach you how to rock climb. You know, one way to make women feel like they can do something is to see other women doing it. And if you're in an environment where you're being led by a male guide um, surrounded by men doing it, and you're not seeing the woman do it, you can sort of fall into a trap of thinking like, well, they're all going to think I can't do it.
3: Like something that Catalina and I both talked about so much when talking about the itinerary was like, Even though it's all female, like let's take it a step further. Let's have the experiences be led by women. Let's like obviously all the guides are women. Let's but let's try and find really amazing women in these places doing special things and highlight them because not only is it incredible to see, but women have so much spending power and I want the money that people are spending on travel this year, at least through our trips, to go to local like into the pockets of local women and support them because especially in a country like Colombia, where there's such ingrained machismo, uh, like these women are just getting to have their own businesses. And, you know, Catalina, correct me if I'm over speaking, but I just feel like it's giving a new platform and opportunity for so many women that it goes beyond the travelers themselves.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I think also it's really important to remember that spaces like the wing are pretty new. They're less than two years old. The Me Too movement is less than two years old. I mean, this opportunity for women to be so honest about the realities they face in the workplace, walking down the street to really fight back and be treated equally is a relatively... This It's not... I mean, there has been, you know, decades of the feminist movement, obviously, but it really isn't these last two years that women are being super honest and women of all backgrounds are being super honest about what they're confronting in various spaces. And I think the conversation still is fresh and we might be talking about it a lot more than we normally have in the past, but these trips allow women to, um, confide in each other. And also I have seen this on our trips so many times where at a dinner, talking about certain subject or something happens and someone will talk about experience they had and women will come in to support, but also give their advice and share their own experience of what they did. And so it really allows the people on our trip or the women on our trip to go back with a network and, um, a network that they continue to confide in when they go back and check in with and maybe while they're struggling with something else that they confront in their life or in their professional career, um, now they have, you know, 13 other women that they consult with. And I think that is super invaluable as well.
3: And there's power in those networks, like to lift each other up, to work together. And I feel like, I mean, even from our own trip, the guide and the photographer who are on the trip that I went first on with El Camino when we were considering this idea, like I came back and was like, great, like, m- let's make sure those women get roles in this first trip we're doing. Like, they were great. They deserved to have the opportunity. And I think You know, it's... I think those networks, like I've already seen from the people who who were on that first trip, even though it wasn't all female, like there's a networking aspect to it. And then when you have a group of like excited, adventurous, bold women all traveling together and getting to know each other really well, they come back and that doesn't end when they return home.
2: And I would say the reason why... We all seem to connect so strongly with other people when we travel because I have friends who I've made that that I know that if I met them, you know, at a party or whatever, we would probably have a few things to talk about. But it's because, like, we were so out of our comfort zones when we Mm -hmm. met, like, and we had no one to turn to but each other, even if it was a really positive experience. Like, it wasn't that we were in some sort of, like horrible thing happened it was that we were in a new place like none of us knew what we were doing and that automatically breaks down any of those like social barriers that would usually be up between like connecting so strongly with a person and I think that that that's why people connect so well
4: specifically when traveling because you're really all in it together. Um, I also think that you know when I go on a group trip with some of my close girlfriends you know we for the most part it's either going to be with friends from london friends from new york we are from similar backgrounds we lead quite similar lives often have similar careers have relatively similar incomes like how can i be a better feminist and help other women if i'm not meeting and hearing stories from women that aren't like me i'm then i'm just in a bubble
1: mhm mhm exactly yeah and so i've always wondered because you know when i finish these trips or I I make so many good friends and I was like wow how do I feel so connected to people I've known for such a short period of time and I don't feel even as well connected or as deeply connected with people here in Washington DC where I live that I see often at various events and I heard a fact on I think it was on another podcast it was probably like the hidden brain or something um that you need to spend 72 hours with someone to form a deep friendship and that's 3 days and you know our trips are 9 days. So after I heard that it just it made so much sense to me like okay this is this is why I feel such a deep connection like I've spent a certain amount of time with people and you do after you you start to talk about different things, you see something in a different way and then you guys are having these, this shared experience. So um I thought that was that fact was really interesting and why group trip can actually facilitate those type of deep friendships.
4: Well, that seems like a very nice note to wrap things up on. If we've managed to change your mind, then Megan, I think you have a little bit of more information about how you too could join an (laughs) all-women's group trip. This is Um, not an ad.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we, at the time of recording, have two trips out there in the world. One that I'm going to be going on as an editor, the second of which Lale will be on. Basically, we now have a ton more trips because those sold out super fast because everyone's really excited. So we have trips for all of 2019 out now going like basically every month. So if you're interested in going, you can join or you can go to womenwhotravel.com or... El Camino dot travel to look at all the different dates you can read more about what we're doing and you can go on the trip if you want and we'll have a couple we're going to have two others throughout the year that have editors on them and Meredith will be on Heyo. the June trip? I think so June, yeah so Yay. you can travel with <laughs> travel with us isn't that what everyone wants?
4: Um, is it? and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this is going to be very revealing <laughs> and Catalina where can people find you on the internet?
1: People can find me, women can find me on the internet at. Uh, women, at only. El, women only. Women <laughs> only. Only women. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, anyone can find me at elcamino.travel or at the UFinder on Instagram and then www.elcamino.travel.
4: And Megan, where can people follow your travels in Colombia and elsewhere? At Spirelli on Instagram.
2: Meredith, I'm at oh Hey their mayor.
4: And I'm at Hannah. See you next week.
2: And if you are watching this video, either I'm dead or I'm in a very, very, very bad situation. She said, oh my God, I can hear gunshots. I can hear men outside. Where are they? What have they done to them? Are they dead? Are they not dead? There is one suspect, her father, the Sheikh.
0: Madeline Barron from In the Dark. We've teamed up with our new colleague Heidi Blake at The New Yorker to try to answer a question about one of the richest men in the world, the ruler of Dubai. Why do the women in Sheikh Mohammed's family keep trying to run away?
2: There's five policemen outside and two policewomen inside the house. So basically I'm a hostage.
0: And he reminded me that Sheikh Mohammed can get me anywhere.
2: Because you're a rich and powerful person you can effectively break any law you want in our country and get away with it.
0: The Runaway Princesses is available now. Follow In the Dark wherever you get your podcasts.